So grateful to be here with you guys. Amen. Um, so after service, um, all the moms, you're going to get a little gift. So make sure that you go to, uh, I believe, the, either the lobby or the fellowship hall uh, and receive a gift from Grace and Love Church to you. We love our moms and our dads. Um, we have more moms and dads <laughs> in our church, which is a blessing, um, believe it or not. Are you happy? Are you happy to be in the Lord? Amen? So um, I have a word for you, and it has to do with Mother's Day, and it's in the book of Exodus chapter 2, and many of you are familiar with these, with these passages in the Bible. So if you could turn to Exodus chapter 2, and let me know when you're there with a loud amen, please, and then we'll pray once I know that you're there. Exodus chapter 2, that's the second book of the Bible. Amen. I think I heard an amen real low. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go ahead and read it, and then we'll pray. How about that? So verse 1 through 10 says, About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus, reeds, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Imagine this now. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is what my version, other version said, says compassion, had compassion for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby sister approached the princess. Should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. Come on, moms. Amen. So the woman took her baby, the woman took her baby uh, home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, doesn't say what age, but his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own, as her own son. The princess, this is very important, named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. My message today is entitled Three Women and a Baby. So let's pray, amen. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We pray that we would cherish these moments that we get to spend together in family and community in Christ, that we would cherish our mothers, God, biological, adoptive, spiritual moms that come in all shapes and sizes, Lord. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. In Exodus chapter 1, You'll find that Pharaoh is fed up with the 
with the Hebrews, with the Israelites, and he wants to kill them because they're multiplying and they're growing in number. And he's like, well, these people, it was like a hundred or two hundred of them, and now there's two thousand of these guys, and they don't seem to stop. It's kind of like us Hispanics, right? And so the Pharaoh got threatened by, by their growth and their numbers. And so he told the women that um, were called midwives that helped the women have babies, the Hebrew women, anytime that you see a male child, kill him, because I don't want these these people to grow anymore. So the midwives, again, I think you should read chapter one. Those are my heroes as well, uh, these ladies. So they go to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's like, how come you haven't been killing the babies like I asked you to? And their excuse is really funny. Leslie, it's really funny. <laughs> She's like, he, he, they say, it's because the Hebrew women, they have their babies too fast. They're like really fast with their uh, labor, and we don't have a chance to do anything. By the time they have their baby, they have him in their hands, and we can't do anything about it. And the Pharaoh's like, I don't know if I believe you, but okay. So we see here um, that Pharaoh's trying to get rid of these kids, and he's after them. He's trying to destroy the next generation. And it's so important for us to protect the next generation, amen? Because Pharaoh, the enemy, is still after the next generation. He's confusing the generations. He's, he has his own sermons. He has his own ideas that he's preaching to the next generation. Some of us that have the torch to take the gospel to the next generation, we need to kind of wake up to the responsibility that we have to protect the next generation with the gospel that has been given to us. And Pharaoh was trying to destroy the next generation because he knew that salvation was going to come from the next generation to the Hebrews and the Israelites. That a Savior was coming named Moses. Not like our Savior Jesus, right? But a Savior in the physical sense that he was going to save them from slavery. Are you with me? And so this couple, they, they have a baby, and the mom, she's scared that she can't hide the baby anymore, and she wants to protect the baby, and she's hidden the baby for three months and can no longer hide him anymore. So she has this bright idea. And I, to me, when, when I read this, I'm like, man, this is, this is a mom that has no other choices anymore. She's done everything, but she gets this bright idea that she's going to make a basket out of these materials. She's going to put the baby in this basket, and she's just going to put him in the river. Because maybe he'll be saved this way. Because there's no other thing that I can fathom. There's no other thing that I can do. And maybe you have some ideas for this woman, but she didn't in this moment. So she thought this idea would be the best idea. And man, did it turn out to be a great idea because God was in this. Amen. There's three women here that are powerful to me. In my eyes, these three women uh, uh, serve for us a symbol of what mothers look like, what mothers do. And I want to go through that with you really quickly. We see the older sister is who I want to start with. As the mom puts the baby in the basket 
It goes down the Nile River and the older sister has the idea, I'm going to follow this basket. No one told her to do that. Mom didn't say, follow this basket, make sure the baby turns out okay. She has the idea herself. She follows the baby down the, down the Nile River and then sees that the princess finds the baby. And then she has another bright idea. This is a God moment. She has another bright idea to go to the princess and say, hey, uh, do you want me to find someone to help you raise this child? Because she's a princess. She ain't got time to raise kids at that age. She, she needs all the help that she can get. And so this older sister for me, for me, she represents wisdom. And I think as a mother, it's important. And moms, you guys are so wise. And I'll get to that in just a second. But you guys are so wise. And this, this older sister for me represents wisdom. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and is willing to yield or to stop for others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. That's wisdom. No favoritisms, always sincere after, after the help of others rather than self. The older sister could have been like, oh, well, there goes my little brother. Uh, more food for me. I don't know. Right? But she went and she used God-given wisdom and told the princess, she says, should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Wow. That's powerful. Now, here's the princess. I want you to imagine now the princess. She's like, let's go down to the Nile River today. I mean, do you see God in this? Amen? So she's like, let's go down to the Nile River today. Uh, I want to bathe. I mean, maybe she did that every day, I hope. But this, she's going to the Nile River in this moment. Now, her father is killing the Hebrew babies. Okay? She has the power to say, this child will live. Or this child will die like the rest of them. She has the power in that moment. She sees the basket coming. Sends one of her, her attendants. The attendant goes, grabs the, the basket. She sees that there's a baby in it. And the Bible says that she has compassion for that baby. Amen? Amen? She grabs the baby and says, man, I, uh, she says it like this. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying. This is verse six. And she felt sorry for him. In other versions, it says the, the original language is she had compassion for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children. God moved her heart with compassion for this baby. Because you moms, you guys are full of compassion, especially when it comes for babies and little ones. Amen? 
You guys are full of compassion. And so the princess has a choice to make here. She has a choice to make here. Either I keep this child or I give him to the authorities that are doing atrocious things with the Hebrew babies. And this is what Colossians 3.12 says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, us, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In this moment, God used this princess to have compassion over this family. Amen? Isn't that good? And then the... The, the daughter comes, right, as I said, and she's like, hey, you want me to get, get someone to, to nurse this baby for you? And she's like, yeah. And who does she go get? The baby's mother. Man, glory to God. Does he not take care of your kids, moms and dads? Is God taking care of your kids? Think about... Think about what this mother had to do. I want to talk about this mother for a second. So the older sister represented wisdom. The princess represented compassion. And for me, the mother and what exemplifies a mom, because I have a mom. What, what, what speaks volumes of motherhood is sacrifice. If I could sum up moms in one word... It would be that sacrifice. This woman here is sacrificing so much. She's trusting God with her baby so much that she's willing to release her baby. She's willing to give him up so that he would live. You see, moms and dads, when God gives you children... It's so that you can give him the children back. You are called to steward your children, but they belong to God. And God will take care of them. This mom is willing to release her child into a, this is not, this is not a little pond. This is the Nile River. This is a dangerous place. Anything could have happened to this child, but mom trusts God. She trusts God that God will see her through, that her child will be okay. So she's willing to sacrifice her emotions. She's willing to sacrifice her connection to release this child so that he would one day grow up to what God has called him to be. God has called your children to be amazing. But you have to let God do the work in them that God needs to do. You have a work in their lives as well, but God needs to do a work in them. What it must have been like for a mom to release her child that way. She could no longer hold on to her child because of circumstances. So she had to release him. And I believe, I believe, people of God, I believe that God rewards sacrifice. I believe that God rewards sacrifice. And all the sacrifice 
that you as moms and dads do, particularly moms today, God will reward it when you sacrifice before God. God rewards your sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to to be a parent, period. It's a sacrifice to get up, get your family ready, and go to church. All of that is a sacrifice. But it has its eternal rewards. The best thing that my mom gave me is the gospel. That is the best thing that I inherited from my mom. And maybe you didn't have that, but now you have the opportunity to give to others, your children, the next generations, the gospel. Because these things in the world, they're nice, they're good, they're blessings, but they will pass one day. But the gospel, his word, will never pass. So that's truly, truly important. So this mom releases her, her kid. Princess finds her, uh, finds her basket, finds the, the child. Then re- gives him back the reward. Gives him back to the mother to nurse. The mother raises him for some years. We don't know how, how, how long it was. There's all kinds of theories, but we don't know. Then the, the, the mother takes him back to the princess where he will be raised, raised up as a prince in Egypt. Where they will teach him things that he will, he will put to practice later in life. And then the princess names him. Gives him the identity That God had for this young man. All because the mother was willing to sacrifice. Was willing to release. Say, God, this kid, like Hannah. Like Hannah, she she couldn't have kids, but she prayed a prayer and said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. She she had um, Samuel. And then raised him up for some years and brought him to the temple where he would be under Eli, serving God. Moms, you all are powerful because you can sacrifice this way. Sacrifice for your son, your daughter. Sacrifice for them to be who God called them to be. Do whatever it takes to instill the gospel, instill the truth in them. That's one thing I, I, I know about my life, that I wouldn't be in the place that I am. And, and it's, not like, it's not like I got here easy. It was a long road of twists and turns of my mom. You know, I used to get home like a, uh, very early in the morning. Back in the day, very early in the morning, like two, three in the morning, right? Maybe four or more. I don't know. You guys know what I mean. And I would get home two in the morning, let's say, and um, my mom would be up waiting. And she would say, I'm not going to sleep until you get home. And I'd be like, oh, 
man, that hurts. But the next weekend, I'd probably come home late again or later because it, it took time for me to understand that sacrifice. Or sometimes I'd be home and I'd be sleeping and I would wake up to my mom praying for me, speaking in tongues, anointing me with oil while I'm trying to sleep. Right? And she would be with the oil and I'm just like, oh, come on, I'm trying to sleep, mom. But I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And I hope that for you younger parents, that, that those things would inspire you. That you would get up in we early mornings, get up and pray for your kids, go to war for your kids. And my mom never gave up on me. And I was living a life that was, I'm glad she's not here right now, I was living a life that was bad, really bad. And she never gave up. God never gives up on us. And every Sunday morning, you want to go to church, I nope. I'm hungover or I'm too tired every Sunday morning. Until one day I said yes because the end of my days came. The end of doing me, the end of being selfish came to an end. And I said yes one day. And I think I shocked her more than ever that day. And she was like, really? Okay, let's go. Get ready. Let's go. Let's go have some breakfast. Let's go. Because of the sacrifice that she, that she did in my life. Amen? So I bless you, moms. I bless you with, with, with the Lord Jesus. I bless you. You guys are called for an amazing task. And I have a, I, I, I'm going to end soon, but I, I have five things that I want to talk to you about. And I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to transition these into Spanish. So I'm going to try to do these in Spanish. ¿Está bien? Amen? You guys awake? Okay. Amen. So, si tienen el audífono, se lo puede quitar. Quiero, este, quiero hablarle de cinco cosas. Todos entienden español, right? Okay. Más o menos. Okay. Bueno. Cinco lecciones que me enseñó mi mamá. ¿Listos? Y estas lecciones son frases que ella decía en la casa a veces que más que lecciones me enojaban. Pero mientras preparaba eh, y me hablaba el Señor este, eh, esta, estas dos semanas, eh, estas frases que ella decía uh, se han convertido en, en lecciones para mí. Y a veces lo que uno mira como joven creciendo en casa uno lo mira como malo, lo mira como ya cállate mamá. Son lecciones que, que el Señor nos está enseñando. Are you ready? ¿Listos? Ay, no le vayan a contar. Okay. <ríe> Mi mamá siempre decía, <ríe> Dios no es juguete. Con Dios no se juega. <ríe> ¿Cómo me hacía enojar eso a mí? <ríe> ¿Por qué? En primer lugar, porque yo estaba jugando con Dios. Y con Dios no se juega. Y eso lo aprendí a chocarme en la pared. Lo aprendí. Pero con Dios no se juega. Hay que entregar nuestras vidas a Él totalmente. Dejar el mundo pasado en el pasado. Y vivir solo para Él. Amén. 
¿Están listos para la segunda? ¿Sí? ¿Fuerte? ¿Sí? Ok. Yo siempre quería salir con mis amigos. De 15, 16 años quería salir en la noche, en el fin de semana. Pero mi mamá nunca me dejaba. Qué buena mamá. Y ella miraba a mis amigos y me decía, yo no te voy a dejar a ir a salir con esa, con esa gente. <risa> mamá, pero son mis amigos, they're my friends. Son mis compañeros de clase, nos, nos those are my best friends, son mis mejores amigos. Y ella me decía, esos no son tus amigos, yo soy tu amiga. <risa> Oh my God, ¿cómo me hacía enojar? No, mam, tú no eres mi amiga. Pero es verdad que la, las amistades que lo llevan a uno a mal no son amistades. Pero las amistades que nos hablan de Cristo, nos hablan de Dios, nos llevan a la iglesia, esas son buenas amistades. Y esa es la segunda lección que aprendí de mi mamá. ¿Están listos para la tercera? Les va a hacer más reír. Esa sí no le vayan a contar a mi mamá. No me vaya a oír. Este, no se crea ella, no me importa. A veces eh, yo y, y mi hermano Jesse estábamos en el cuarto viendo una película o... Ya sabe, Jesse. O este... <ríe> o oyendo cierto tipo de música... Y ella pasaba por el cuarto. Y esta es una broma en nuestra familia ahora. Esto es, lo usamos para bromear con todo. Y ella pasaba por el cuarto y decía, el diablo. <risa> y era un dicho que se convirtió como en broma en nuestra casa. Eh, pero tenía razón. Hay que guardar lo que vemos, lo que oímos. Cuidar nuestra alma. ¿Están de acuerdo o no? Solo yo. Porque la palabra dice que hay un enemigo que nos rodea. Esperando, dice, para devorar. Así que como hijos de Dios hay que cuidarnos. Hay que orar, hay que leer su palabra. Tener comunión con él. Dejar el pecado. Amén. La tercera cosa, no, la cuarta cosa que ella decía, ya cuando me empezó a dejar salir, ahí muy poco, eran las movies o cualquier cosa. Me decía, antes de salir, me decía, mi hijo, guarda tu testimonio. Guarda, cuida tu testimonio, mi hijo. Y eso para mí significa ahora que yo no puedo ser una persona aquí enfrente de ustedes o, o en la iglesia y ser otra afuera. Yo soy la misma persona. Cristo me ha cambiado, hermanos. Él me ha hecho nueva criatura. Y esa es, esa es lección para mí. Que donde yo voy, soy hijo de Dios. Y yo represento, soy embajador de Cristo. Yo lo represento a Él donde sea. Amén. La quinta y última cosa que me enseñó mi mamá. A mí y a Cintia nadie, a mi esposa nadie, nadie habló con nosotros antes de casarnos. 
nadie se sentó. Nosotros uh, con las parejas que se van a casar, que es JJ y Belinda y Pancho y Ceci este año en julio. Amén, den un aplauso, se van a casar. <clears throat> ya casi un año hemos estado hablando con ellos acerca del matrimonio. Y para nosotros nadie, nadie tomó ese, ese, esa clase de tiempo, pero mi mamá, un mes antes de que nos casáramos, ya teníamos nosotros el apartamento, estaba ahí sin muebles, sin nada, solo esperando para que nos casáramos. Y ella nos dijo, quiero reunirme con ustedes y quiero hablarles del matrimonio. Nadie le dijo a ella que lo tenía que hacer, no era privilegio, nada. Ella lo tomó como papel. Se sentó ahí con nosotros una hora y media tal vez, hablándonos del matrimonio. Nos habló de cómo Cristo ama a la iglesia, si el, el varón tiene que amar a su esposa y, y la esposa honrar a su marido, así como la iglesia honra a Cristo. Nos habló mucho del matrimonio, así que, yo aprendí a amar a mi esposa porque mi mamá me enseñó. Amén. Y esas son cinco lecciones yo creo que todos aquí podemos aprender. Amar a nuestros queridos, amar a nuestros familiares, amar a la gente alrededor, amar a la gente que nos ama y a los que no también. Amén. Así que vamos a orar. Queremos orar ahora esta tarde por por todas las mamás y bendecir a, a todas las mujeres aquí aunque no sean mamás Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast We hope you were blessed by this message If you have a prayer request we would love to hear from you Please feel free to contact us And if you're in the LA area we would love to meet you We have services Sundays at 2pm and Fridays at 8pm We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.